Good evening. Merry Christmas to everyone. Welcome. We're glad that you're here. I can hardly believe it is Christmas Eve. Uh, what a whirlwind December this has been, as most of them are, but it is here. And we are here to celebrate and to worship the child that is born this night in a manger. I hope this will be a truly meaningful time to you this evening as we turn our thoughts to Christ. Uh, we will not be pausing between each part of our service, so if each participant will be in place and ready uh, when your time comes, we would appreciate that. And we pray for Christmas blessings to be upon us all. May the joy of this night fill your hearts. And now let's begin by singing together Joy to the World, number 87. Last Christmas, I received a very special Christmas card from some friends. It was right after the passing of my mother. And in it was this Christmas poem. And when I read it, it gave me great comfort. This past year, we, I had two special people. Sam and Vince were both very influential people in my life. I was working in the shop, and I got to thinking about them, and I finally went back to the office and dug his poem up again, and I read it, and once again, it gave me comfort. I asked him if possibly I could read it tonight, and maybe it could give you all comfort, too. The name of the poem is My First Christmas in Heaven. I see the countless Christmas trees around the world below with tiny lights like heaven's stars reflecting on the snow. The sight is so spectacular, please wipe away that tear, for I am spending Christmas with Jesus Christ this year. I hear the many Christmas songs that people hold so dear, but the sounds of music can't compare with a Christmas chorus up here. I have no words to tell you the joy the voices bring, for it's beyond description to hear the angels sing. But the sounds of music can't compare with a Christmas chorus up here. I have no words to tell you the joy the voices bring, for it's beyond description to hear the angels sing. I know how much you miss me. I see the pain inside your heart, but I am not so far away. We really aren't apart. Can you just imagine Christmas with our Savior face to face? So be happy for me, dear ones. You know I hold you dear. And be glad I'm spending Christmas with Jesus Christ this year. I send you each a special gift from my heavenly home above. I send you each a memory of my untying love. After all, love is a gift more precious than pure gold. It always was more important 
in the stories Jesus told. Please love and keep each other as my Father says to do. For I can't count the blessings or love he has for each of you. So have a Merry Christmas and wipe away that tear. Remember, I'm spending Christmas with Jesus Christ this year. Merry Christmas. This song right here, just, uh, <laughs> it kind of showed up. I got it from a, a friend of mine who happens to be a, a salesperson, and it was bothering him one year about uh, they were insisting that he didn't say Merry Christmas. It was uh, Happy Holidays instead because uh, they didn't want to make anybody mad, I guess. It just kind of seems strange to me that, what, you could make a few Christians mad and what are they going to do? Pray for you? I started writing down words, and so I just uh, kept thinking and writing down, and this is what come of it. Hot chocolate, marshmallows, gingerbread man. Jam cake and turkey, fudge in both hands. More love and family than anyone can stand. That be Christmas I know. Starts in December.
in John's version of the advent of Christ, he tells us, In him was life, and that life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. We have taken a little different approach to the lighting of our Advent candles during this season. As you see, we do not have an Advent wreath here, but the candles are located on the edges of the congregation. And each week we have spent a moment pondering the peace and the hope and the love and the joy that the birth of Christ brings to us. And we have written our prayers on a piece of paper, on an index card, and we have laid these prayers at the base of the candles that we have lit each week. If you walk around to these candles, you will see that your prayers are still there. And those of you who were here during these last four weeks, I want to ask you to take a moment now and recall the prayers that you wrote. With the birth of Christ, we are promised peace. We are promised hope. We are promised love and joy. And now we light the Christ candle to represent Jesus' coming as the light of the world. Let us pray together. O Jesus, light of the world, we thank you for your holy mission to bring hope and peace and love and joy to a world that is so often in darkness. We light this candle tonight as a reminder of the light that you bring, a light that can never be put out. And help us, O God, to be your agents of light in this world, not just at Christmas time, but all year round. Amen. That your baby boy would one day walk on water. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? The child that you will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will calm the storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod. When you kissed your little baby, you kissed the face of God. Oh, Mary, did you know? Did you know 
that your baby boy is Lord of all creation. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect land? The sleeping child you're holding is the great I There was an elementary school teacher teaching her class about Christmas customs around the world, and she thought it was a good opportunity to share the Christmas story with her class. So she told her class how Mary and Joseph had gone to Bethlehem to pay taxes, and it was time for for baby Jesus to be born, so they needed a place to stay, a place to spend the night, but there were no empty rooms in the inn. So she compared the inn to a modern-day hotel, and she was leading up to telling them about the stable. And and as she was doing that, she asked, what do you suppose they had behind the inn? And one little fellow who had been listening intently frantically began waving his hand and said, oh, 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 I know, I know, a swimming pool. (laughs) Well, no, there was no swimming pool at the inn, but there was a stable. Probably a shed, perhaps a cave where they kept the cattle and the sheep, the donkeys. Not a particularly sanitary place and certainly no place for the king of kings to be born. But there was no room for them in the inn. Leo Biscaglia tells about arriving in Bali on Christmas Eve. And you have to remember that Bali is a a Hindu land, and he spent the day in the village of Ubud, where the natives welcomed him with open arms and invited him to join in their feasts and celebrations. Well, at one point, Leo told them how happy he was to be with them on Christmas. And so the natives of Ubud asked, what is Christmas? So Leo told them the story of Christmas, and the villagers were entranced by the beauty of it all, But there was one thing that really confused them. Why didn't anyone invite Mary and Joseph into their house? Why didn't anyone make room at the end for this pregnant mother who was about to give birth? In their culture, room would always be made for visitors. But not for Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus. Apparently, even before he was born, Jesus was rejected by this cruel world. And I thought about this because of a a story that I recently read, a very sad story. It's a true story about a woman named Carolyn Jones. Carolyn was born in rural Georgia in 1946. She was 11 years old when her mother died and her father abandoned her. She supported herself by working at the local farms and cleaning houses and babysitting. And she recalls one particular Christmas that shaped her life forever. With her mother dead and her father gone, little Carolyn felt so alone and she hadn't eaten a good meal in quite a while. And on Christmas Day, that feeling of loneliness just simply overwhelmed her. So she decided to visit her best friend, whom she simply calls the preacher's daughter. Well, the preacher's house was warm and dry, unlike the conditions of Carolyn's old, cold, damp cabin. The table was covered with food. And for a moment, Carolyn thought that she would get to celebrate a real Christmas at her friend's house. But then the preacher did something that devastated her. 
he asked Carolyn if she would come back some other day so that their family could spend some time together for Christmas. Can you imagine how painful that was? Let's think for a moment on what it means to say that there is no room in the inn. Because, folks, this is not an accidental part of the Christmas story. You see, we live in a world in which there are many people like Carolyn who find no room in the end. They are rejected and all alone. And I know that we don't like to think about that on a night like this when we await the dreams of fairies and sugar plums dancing in our heads. But it's true. There are people all over this world who find no room at the end. They are shut out. They are rejected. They are turned away. Some of them are from the wrong side of the tracks, and they find it difficult to be accepted by a more successful demographic of our society. Others live in desperate parts of the world. They are refugees, millions of them, in Africa and the Middle East, put out of their homes because of war and famine and, and uh, political unrest. They can relate to this story of the first Christmas in ways that most of us will never be able to understand. She wrapped him in rags and placed him in a feed trough because there was no room for them in the inn. But folks, listen to this. It is exactly for people like that that the Bethlehem baby was born. I said earlier that I didn't believe that the fact that there was no room in the end was an accident in the Christmas story. In fact, I believe that it is the very heart of the Christmas story because you see, this baby that was born in a stable identified with the least and the lowest from the very moment of his birth to the day that he died. You see, Jesus was left out and rejected. That's how he was born, and that's how he died. And those in this world who are also left out and rejected, they are the very ones that he came to seek and to save. Now, I'm happy to tell you that Carolyn Jones, the young girl who wanted to spend Christmas at her preacher's family, with her preacher's family, is today a very successful businesswoman in Atlanta. And one consequence of that long-ago rejection is that every Christmas of that, uh, since then, you know, since she's become an adult, she cooks enough food to feed dozens of people. Because if anyone wants to drop by at Christmas and needs a meal, she's always there to welcome them. I wish that everyone who feels shut out around the world could have their lives turn out like that. And folks... If you and I do our part, maybe some of them can. The people of Bali were surprised that anyone would turn away Mary and Joseph under those circumstances. But it makes me wonder, how about us? Would we have turned them away? Well, here's the thing, folks. We need to make sure that there is room in our hearts for all of those who are troubled and lonely and forgotten. For you see, when we make room for them, we make room for Christ. There may be someone here today who feels rejected and abandoned and alone. I've got good news for you folks. The Bethlehem baby was born for you. And it is my prayer that as we take the bread and the cup this night, you will feel the acceptance and the love that can only come from the Christ of Christmas. Amen. Tonight as we celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus, it is also important for us to remember the sacrifice that he made for you and me so that he could make room for us in his family. And so we do that. We remember that sacrifice through the holy ordinance of communion, of which we will partake now. 
Some deacons and I will be standing here at the front of the sanctuary holding the bread and the cup, and we ask that you come down the middle aisle, we'll begin in the back, and come down the middle aisle, take a piece of bread, move to the person holding the cup, where you will dip the, cup, uh, dip the bread into the cup and then eat the bread that has been soaked in the cup. And then return to your seat along the side. If there are those who cannot come forward or who prefer the traditional method of communion, you may just stay where you are and a deacon will come and serve you at your seat. The angel told the shepherds, that I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. That's great news. Christ has come for all of us, every single one of us. And so we invite each of you, every single one, to participate with us tonight as we commune with God and with one another. All are welcome at God's table and invited to partake of the bread and the cup of Christ. O come, let us adore him.
Let us stand and sing hymn number 103, Away in a Maze. There is a reading that speaks of gifts to the Christ child. In part, it says, if I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what can I give him? I'll give him my heart. Jesus tells us why he came when he quoted from Isaiah in his first sermon at his home synagogue in Nazareth. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And now we, Christ's church, are to follow him in providing for others. That's why we maintain a benevolence fund in our congregation. It is to offer help when help is needed. And at this time, I want to offer you the opportunity to bring your gift to the Christ child for the sake of those in need. Uh, There is none too large. There is none too small. The manger is here to my left. And it is our invitation that you bring your gift and lay it in the manger as an offering to God and as a provision for those in need. Would you come?
The Christmas story from the Gospel of Luke. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration which was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and the family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to be delivered of her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors.
We lit the Christ candle a few moments ago. Commemorating and celebrating the coming of Christ at Christmas time. And it is significant that we represent the advent of Christ through the lighting of a candle. Because John tells us that in Christ was life, and that life was the light of the world. So you see, we who have placed our faith in this child whose birth we celebrate today, this God-man, we have ourselves become children of God. And we have become recipients of God's light. But we are not to keep the light of Christ to ourselves. Jesus said, who takes a light and hides it under a basket? That makes no sense. Nor does it make sense for us to relish the light of Christ in this celebration like this tonight and and not take it out into the open. And so we're going to symbolically do something now to represent something that I hope that we do every single day of our lives. We are going to take the light that God has given to us through this this Christ child and carry it out into the world. I will light my candle from the Christ candle here, representing the light that Jesus has brought to us. And that small flame will be multiplied as it is passed from person to person and row to row. And as we leave this place tonight, I hope that each of us will take the light of Christ with us into a world that does not understand. Let us stand for our closing prayer, our benediction from Christ to each of us. May you exult in the joy of the Christ child, whose birth we celebrate tonight. May you find the peace that you are looking for 
And may the Prince of Peace always rule in your life. And may the love of God be with you. And may each of you be filled with the light of Christ, showing you the way to salvation, that you may know that light and share that light through your words, through your deeds, through your love. Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas.